But in training, you have one chance to do it right cognitively. And what you have to do is you have to set up cognitive cues that lead to a likely outcome. And does the person achieve it or do they not? And if you don't set it up that way, then basically what you have is Tom flipped the tires faster than Billy did. And June did the fastest reload after climbing the rope. What does that data give you? How does that data prepare you for the real event on the street? Welcome to the Left of Greg podcast. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Left of Greg podcast. I'm Brian Marin, the host and creator of the show. As always, I will be joined by human behavior expert, Mr. Greg Williams, who the show is affectionately named after. Here on the Left of the Greg Show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking ability through a better understanding of what we call human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check the episode details. If you have any questions or would like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. Today, we are talking about what is commonly referred to as stress inoculation training. We start the discussion with an explanation of where this term came from, and then we get into the different problems that arise when you take something from a clinical setting to a training environment. During the episode, we talk about the essential elements that are necessary to conduct effective cognitive training, and we also mention some of the things that are either unnecessary or can lead to negative training. If you have some feedback for us regarding this episode, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. Please don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find the links in the episode details. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends about it. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right. Well, good morning, Greg, on this uh, Friday morning when we're recording it, uh, this this episode. And what we're going to be talking about today is something we've yep. touched on in different episodes, uh, it, you know, either uh, directly uh, in a small discussion or implicitly, you know, talking about training. But it comes from a question uh, from one of our, our our listeners who reached out, and it has to do um, well. It has to do a lot with what's called stress inoculation training, and it has to do with how your brain learns, and you know, um, threat sensory neurons, and what those trigger, and how to do that kind of correctly. And you know, we have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly with a lot of this stuff in terms of training yes. and, and scenario-based stuff that people come up with. And so I kind of want to have this discussion today, and we're going to talk about a couple of things about, you know, what elements are needed to have it, what you don't need, and then kind of the broader picture of what happens when we take science from one area and try to apply it to another area. And I guess we'll, we'll kind of keep the discussion around that, and I, I know we'll, we'll bounce around a bit, but I figured yeah. I'd start with like a little bit of background about what what's called stress inoculation training, right? Because that's basically, um, you know, it's a it's the psychological concept. It's a form of cognitive behavioral therapy, and so the idea is to build resilience with someone so they can cope effectively with different stressors. So that's the basic thing, and it came from a therapeutic setting. So um, yep. that could be something as simple as. I'm terrified of elevators, right? And I won't go on an elevator and I'm getting some type of psychotherapy for it. And maybe that starts with, you know, Greg, you're my therapist. That would be terrifying, by the way, if you were my therapist. I kind of am, I think. But, but, I kind of uh, fashion myself as that. A therapist or, or <laughs> enabler or... Uh, well, therapist, the rapist, it's yeah. the same word, Brian. I just, <laughs> it's right there in the word. That's horrific, you know? So, <laughs> that's horrific. So, uh, 
So it, the the idea would be okay. Maybe we have to discuss elevators and what triggers that. Then maybe oh, right, exactly. You know, show me a photo of an elevator, and then you can take me to an elevator, and then you can get me on it, and then off of it, and then I go one Push floor, and then I learn. Yeah. So so the, the it's it's exactly. you know, um, that's a very kind of simple explanation for the the reason behind it. But the idea is to put, you know deal with stressful situations. I have to learn about this now. It kind of got called this stress inoculation, but inoculation is, you know, in that sense is just sort of an analogy, almost like a vaccination, right? I give you a small dose of something, your body learns, oh crap, I got to fight this off. So that way, the next time I'm exposed to it, especially at a much larger dose or larger setting, my body goes, nope, I've dealt with this before. I got this. I'm not going to let it get us sick. I'm going to attack this before it, it, uh, it becomes a problem. Now, that's a big leap there in a few ways, right? To call that inoculation. But, but the issue is the, the science behind it feels right. It it, sounds right because the science behind, you know, what, what's called stress inoculation training or cognitive behavioral therapy is good. And that may work and there may be a lot to point to, but now to take that and then do a leap into, you know, uh, uh, you know, military law enforcement type training, or you're training for some type of chaotic event, um, things get a little murky, right? It gets a little bit different. It's a little more than murky. I, I, I think that you're running up against some obstacles, right? You I are. I mean, it's fair to say that there are you, some strong objections and obstacles to you, that thinking. You are. And so, um, I'll, I'll start with just a, you know, little bit of background yeah. too, about, you know, when, back when I was working out at the infantry immersive trainer, and that was the idea behind that on Pendleton and what, you know, general Mattis wanted. And, you know, it was built back in 2007 or eight or whatever it was, but you know, his whole thing was, I want a Marine's first firefight to be no worse than his last training evolution, which, okay, that's a great theory. That's a great intent. Love that sort of mission statement. Okay. Now, how do you do that? They brought out all the big brain scientists, brought all kinds of different folks, did some different yes. testing, you know, cortisol testing, put you through scenario-based training uh, as realistic as possible. In some ways we learned, okay, the idea was to learn, you know, what elements do you need? What don't you need? How should this be conducted? Because how you conduct it is just as important as the elements you have within that training because you have to modify to different training levels what the actual uh, intent is what your mission is what the training objectives are all that stuff has to be taken into account and you know what you find out is it's it's you know because that place was another one of those in the DOD, especially with their their endless bucket of money, will build all kinds of stuff and make it look exactly like where you're going and have people speak the language there and then have scent generators in there. Remember the the dinosaur dung was my favorite. Oh my gosh, uh, I got such flavor a great comment of, uh, yeah. of uh, scent generator, and we're gonna have all of this stuff in here. And, you know, what would often happen is people would become OBE, overwhelmed by events. And then some people were setting up training where, you know, it ends up everyone in their team dies. And you're like, what what is going on here? Um, And it completely overwhelms the system. And and so you have what I would call, you know, negative training. You're actually not learning anything or you're learning in that case to do the wrong thing. And some of the stuff is taken and, and, and put into training elements and becomes they're just, I want to stress you out to see how you do. Okay. Well, that's not an objective. That's not a, there, there's no training objective behind that. And, and, and if you're just running around, you know, stressing people out or putting them through stuff and there, if there's no measurement and assessment, then you're just, it's just activity, right? It's not training, it's activity. One minor thing. Sometimes we say, yeah, even though it's well-intentioned, oh, yeah. but it, a lot of it isn't. What I mean by that is you 
think you have the best of intentions, but you never did the research to find out that you're creating okay. a negative feedback loop. Yes. So it's and, dangerous. Yeah, it's it, it, not just that we're opposed to this. That's we're saying that it's dangerous. That it it, it has the it has a, a the potential is is a negative outcome to to Precisely. instill um the to wrong reinforced. Yeah, re, yeah, you're reinforcing the wrong response and you're exactly. reinforcing this idea that you are going to get um overwhelmed and this is what you know you need to do and then i i even see stuff and we talked about this too with some of the different like uh virtual reality and video-based training stuff that we've done and we we, we, yeah. know, we consult with and we write you know different different programs for um you know another one i've seen is where we try to mimic real events or come up with i'm going to make you do all this physical activity and then we're going to do do a live fire drill or a simulation drill a video-based simulation whatever it is and i'm going to get your heart rate up and get you sweating and moving to simulate some sort of you know realistic scenario and uh, again that's one of those where like i i understand what you're talking about but you know that's like you're just doing like fear-based preparation. Like you're going to prepare yep. to be scared and this is what's going to happen and you have to learn how to deal with it. And I think that's kind of the wrong way to look at it because one there's, and we've talked about this before is there's a difference between an, you know, an, oh, you know, uh, my, an increase in oxygen demand for my body because yes. I'm working out is one thing, right. That's going to increase my heart rate and, you know, blood pressure, all this stuff, it limit my performance a little bit. That's completely different then, you know, a response of uh, an increase in of heart rate due to a sympathetic nervous system response, right? A fight or flight yep. response releasing epinephrine and cortisol and all that stuff. Those are two completely different pathways. And, and you know, you, you can't just, otherwise, you know, we would just, I don't know, you, it, it, cardio would be, I'm going to go smoke meth because that's going to jack my heart rate up and have all these responses. And now that's why the not? same as doing, do, running on the treadmill, right? I mean, why, why not, so, why not so suggest it, that it, as an it's, option? It, it's the it's the same thing. So there, there's a lot in here that I kind of just brought up, Greg, and I want to throw to you. But, uh, you know, yeah, when it comes to make some sense out of that, because yeah. every, so, no, well, everything you said made sense, but I'll street it up a little. No, 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 no. I, I just want to lay out some of the elements yeah. that we're discussing here because and to, to just inform everyone oh, you listening made a, right a, now. Th this, is, this is where it's coming from, right? This yeah. is where these terms come from. This is what we've seen before. This is where we've seen things go wrong before in the past. And sometimes it's well-intentioned, but something well-intentioned could could be catastrophic and do something wrong. And Precisely. If, if there's no it, point and purpose behind it, then why why are you doing why it? Do it? What are the, why are you spending a line comes? item on it? What's your exactly. Plan? And all right. So, so that's that's kind of what we lay out. But again, and I want to try to answer, Greg, so, like, well, what what elements eventually answer throughout yeah, the discussion? Yeah, so let's... You know, what what elements do need to be there? What right. does this really mean? How do I make sense of it? How do I use some of the good science yep. to inform my own training that I'm doing? Yeah, so let's let's start with a very simple theme. First of all, folks, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, has been around for a good long time, and it works. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it works very well in stuff like uh, 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 dealing with a person that has uh, a, a drug or an alcohol or a a fetish uh, where they can't get out of the abuse cycle. It works very well. Okay. And it's got a rich history. So there's like 17 or 18, you'll have to check me on this, different functions of cognitive behavioral therapy where stress inoculation is like the seventh. So it's okay. one of the it's many one of things. the many things. And, that and so, yeah. so people like people say, well, heuristics, I hear heuristics used all, all the time. And I hear it used wrong. And, and there's, well, there's so a lot many of, types of heuristics. Yeah, there's a lot and of so, different heuristics. So understand that when you go in there and just use cognitive behavioral therapy, you're talking of a field of study, right? 
So then let's talk about stress inoculation. The goal of stress inoculation is to help you build resistance to sources of stress or anxiety. It's in the title, and you said it perfectly because it mimics how we would uh, uh, go after a disease, right? How right. we'd go after a virus. And so it teaches your mind to react to possible stressors in a healthier way with better outcomes than it's doing right now. So that's directly to the point that you were talking about, about influencing training the wrong way. And, and I'll give you two very brief examples before I go to Dean's comment and how important Dean's question was. Right. So, yeah. Brian, number one, you made the scent generator comment. I will uh, posit this for everybody listening. A scent generator without olfactory uh, training is absolutely useless and counterproductive. What do I mean by that? Okay, if I just have to keep stumbling through the thing and then come out and you go, hey, did you notice anything? And I go, ah, it smelled like shit in there. Hey, yeah. exactly. Now go back through and we're going to do it a couple. That's what combat smells like. No. So if you were going to do something and you said something simple like, hey, do me a favor, uh, go get one cotton ball. And uh, Brian, uh, uh, before you come into the room, do me a favor, put some nail polish remover on it. And then as we're talking, you walk in and you walk up and down the aisles and then you stand by the door and I go, hey, anybody know what that is? And somebody goes, yeah, nail polish remover. And I go, why is that important? And then we start talking about acetone and how that smell should be in a nail salon. But Brian, now we're finding it overpoweringly in a, a parking garage. And guess what? Maybe that's what bombs are made of. You understand how we're tying something to it. And cognitively, we're doing the Rubik's Cube. Let's right. put one of these in there till the ex explanatory storyline fits. But that's not what they were doing. They were shoving smells yeah. in there without any training that went on to it. I'll go to the next one. The, the, uh, uh, when we were in... Uh, someplace in Colorado conducting training just before this big uh, Utah it was having the Olympics. And so we had all the security teams that had come in and we were doing training for them. And so it was some time ago. So they had their training lane set up and they go, hey, what do you think we should add? And so, and this is a, called a dick move in science. <laughs> so we had the units had to come in and each one of them were timed and they were measured for the response and how they did. So the unit came in and uh, you know how uh, shoot lanes, uh, sometimes they have these portable doors that you can boot the door, ram the door, do yeah. that. Yeah. So we set three up on the lane where you would park before you went out to do the shooting and each one of them had an address on it. So you got a dispatch call off the range. You had to have your weapons, which everything's loaded, get into one of the scout cars that was available and ready for you that had already been trained and tested and safe. And you had to drive, you know, the three quarters of a mile uh, on this dirt road to get to the range. And then you pulled up and you call out at the scene, right? And then you walk up and none of the doors are the right address. That's flipping yeah, cognitive uh, training. Yeah. Now yeah, what do you do? Okay. <laughs> so, so everybody's ready to boot the door and they're going and they go, Hey, we got a thing. Now the next phase of it is now they have to solve for X. We've got the right door. And they went in and, uh, during the training, uh, ceasefire was called lock and clear all weapons. Okay. We have a injury here and it was the drag dummy. I have to move the drag dummy from location one to location two. And I have to try a uh, evac strategy while taking fire. Now, what you're doing, Brian, is you're making a think piece that's involved right. with all the training that all you're training talking about. You're okay, so so skillfully blending a flipping scenario isn't just saying, hey, one time we walked into Bashami's and it was getting robbed. And that's what we're <laughs> yeah. doing. And, and I know I'm poking some people in the eye. But listen, I've seen your stuff. And just because you're a PhD doesn't mean your stuff holds water. There are elements of training that have to be vetted and tested. And those elements of education have to be infused at the right point for it to be true cognitive training. And Dean asked, Dean made a comment yeah. about Lee's uh, uh, research paper in 2022. And Brian, 
we can put a link. I'll put the link in it so you can go ahead and read. So so basically, this is yeah. yeah, I've got it right up here. And so he said, uh, mounting evidence from human human and animal studies reports at least concept of a new roadmap of how threats are processed in the sensory cortex. And this theory fills a long-standing gap and resolves an important controversy and myth in the research of threat processing. So. The point being that the brain's sensory cortex stores long-term mnemonic representations of threats, meaning humans can relive the past or simulate future scenarios by integrating features of their memory into the assessment of a new situation. Pause. Your brain already does it. It does. And just because what you're doing is you're saying, hey, uh, the amygdala is the old center of fear. What we found is that the sensory cortex lights up before the amygdala. Of course it does. Of course it does. It has to. It it has to. But but it's not the only one, right? Yes. So we've got visual cues. We've got auditory cues. We've got the sensory perception from your dactyl, from skin, from touching. We have, uh, uh, you know, your your, uh, fear uh, part of your amygdala doesn't trigger fear when it's testing it's testing the environment so you don't go to your fear response and it only inhibits the prefrontal cortex when when it gets enough sensors that say something is going sideways so so not to make uh, a dean your question yeah it was, was great valid and perfect and it was based on a great study i agree it's a it's a uh, a small test group hypothesis yeah but i'm telling you what they didn't do they didn't tell you this is how things already are because all of those things, like Brian said, parasympathetic, your sympathetic and your parasympathetic are constantly sampling your environment. Why? To make it less dangerous and stressful for you. Why? Because your brain doesn't want you to spend any of your sensory neurons on useless shit. Why? Because they've already been cataloged to do what, Brian? To measure your environment for danger or opportunity. Yeah? So so it's a great question. And and so the bigger question that he was asking is because this influences how we respond to fear triggers. Yeah. Couldn't we couldn't we use it in training? And and we're right back to where you started. Absolutely. But we can't use cognitive behavioral therapy in the sense of developing training, but we can use inoculation training to enforce cognitive behavioral therapy. For example, Brian, I remember your, your, your first ID, ID encounter. It's still in your brain. Like it happened yesterday. Yeah. I don't want to trigger it now because we're not going to get through the gosh damn call, but the idea or the podcast, but the idea is if I gave you, and we discussed this uh, with uh, general Steve Layfield, uh, Mattis and, Amos sitting out at the back of the IET that one day on those folding chairs before the big uh, section was built. If we could have that Marine that has PTS or that soldier walk back down the street that we can recreate infinitely yeah. in those environments and have a successful outcome to that IED encounter, defuse the situation, yeah. see that they could get people out of there. Would that influence them? And the answer is clearly yes. Because attitudes and beliefs change. And inoculation theory would function as a motivational strategy to protect your attitudes from change so you would still be the center of your world. You wouldn't have collapsed when those people died. You would go, okay, I got knocked down, but I get up again, Chumbawamba. And look, I can make a difference here. I can give myself first aid. I can call 
for a unit. Do you see what I'm saying? All those things that, that you felt disabled, what are our worst fears in our dreams? We're pulling the trigger and the gun's not firing. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Uh, the big monster is coming and I can't do anything about yeah. it. That flashlight's not working in the basement. So Brian, cognitive behavioral therapy is one thing and it's the most effective means of treatment for things like substance abuse and mental health disorders. Why? Because you change and challenge the patterns and beliefs and trade them for something good. Yes. But in training, you have one chance to do it right cognitively. And what you have to do is you have to set up cognitive cues that lead to a likely outcome. And does the person achieve it or do they not? And if you don't set it up that way, then basically what you have is Tom flipped the tires faster than Billy did. And June did the fastest reload after climbing the rope. What does that data give you? How does that data pre prepare you for the real event on the street? And um, so, yeah, and that goes back to the, you know, uh, uh, is this, is this, are, are we eliciting some sort of physiological response due to exercise or are we eliciting it because our, our, our limbic system is engaged and we're having a sympathetic nervous system response and, and th there, there's something there, you know, I, I get, yeah, yeah, add to that, add to what you just said, cause that's a, a great thing. That should be the center argument, Brian, we're supposed to be replacing poor coping skills, cognition, emotion, behaviors with more adaptive coping skills. Right. So how can it be fear triggered? How can we, well, how can we rely on the, training the, that's only about fear? That, that's, the, that's the thing is that, you know, I, 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 you know, you've heard me give the example to people before when they're talking about doing this, well, you know, we have these certain physical requirements and then we're going to make you, you know, run around the building and throw the kettlebell around and do burpees. Yep. And then you're going to come in and you're going to do, whether it's the video simulator or the, uh, live fire range and okay. Like that's skill building and it's marksmanship training. It's marksmanship yep. training and it's working out. Those are the two things you're doing. It's like, well, no, it's developing, you know, this to, to operate under this response. I'm like, no, you want to learn how to do that. All right. Tell you what, right now, give me your pistol and your three mags. I'm going to load them up. I'm not going to tell you how many rounds are each in each one. I'm going to have you do no running, no lifting, nothing. We're going to go to the, we're going to go to the, uh, to the range. And I'm not going to tell you the course of fire or how much time you have. And until we get to each line. And then here's the thing. If you fail, you're fired. Right. Which Grab one would you, well, which one yeah. would you rather do? I'll take the workout all day long because, all day. because that uncertainty in creating that sympathy, like, meaning I'm not saying go do that. I'm saying that's an example of, of that, that to you is psychologically, uh, uh, terrifying. Whereas yeah. the other one is physically difficult Two completely different things, but you need both. Right. You, you, listen, cops die pushing a stalled car out of an intersection well, yeah, I, because I, they have a myocardial I, function. So yeah, we need I'm the health-based stuff and we need that the tactics for the reload. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying you have to say that because there are people listening that are combining those things together when they can't fit. And you're saying, yeah, but in a real event, I have to run and jump and do, yeah. I, I got it. But yeah. you know what? Your cognitive brain is going, yeah, I get all that. And I'll be ready when you're ready. Okay. What it's saying though, is it's saying critical thinking and advanced critical thinking. So what's the difference? Critical thinking, everybody does. Uh, uh, critical thinking. Yeah. Holy shit, uh, should I have this next hamburger or should I go to the gym, right? We all do that all the time. And we make decisions based on it. So what's the difference between advanced critical thinking? Advanced critical thinking is when you start lining up the options and you say these have certain benefits and these have certain outcomes that are not beneficial. And guess what? I want to replace my errors in thinking by doing healthier 
and smarter patterns, right? So that's advanced critical thinking. So not just can I use it to get myself out of this uh, room, you know, the, one of those games where they got the challenges to get out of the room, but can I apply one thing that I learned from that room next yeah. time I encounter somebody on the street or I'm on a traffic stop or somebody comes in waving a gun around? If you can't equate those, the, the challenge to the real event, then what you're doing is you're having fun, but it ain't training. Yeah. And, and it's, well, it's not, it's certainly not yeah, I, what, you know, that's the, so that kind of leads to it. What is stress inoculation training then? What, what does that actually mean? Can, is that even a real thing? Yes. Can I actually do it? And what would it actually look like? And, and it's not that, um, it, it's a real thing in the sense, but, but I think a lot of people get mixed up and I've always called it, you know, are, are you doing stress inoculation or is this just sensory deprivation? Meaning the first time I eat a flashbang, dude, that thing's brutal. Uh, yep. You do enough of them, you know, you're throwing them at each other for fun at that point. Okay. Yep. It's not that I'm really, that that doesn't, removing that or not having that be such a powerful stimulus to me anymore. Yes, of course, in a situation that's going to, it doesn't, it doesn't increase my ability to sense making problem solve. It just doesn't, uh, I won't get as overly whelmed cognitively. Like my cognitive load yes. will become overwhelmed in that situation because I've already been exposed to this thing before. That's However, a form of inoculation. Right. However, that won't help me think any better in that situation. It will in the sense that I'm not overwhelmed, so I can I, I have more uh, cognitive bandwidth, so to speak, right? Yes. But it, it, it doesn't give me better options. You know what so, I'm saying? So it, it limits your options, and this is why it's dangerous. So today we're doing the CSCN gas house, and we're going to take our, our masks off in the middle, as always, yeah. march around like yeah, idiots saying some something. And, yeah. Okay. And so what I learn through my inoculation, meaning that each time that I do it, I hate it more, is that on that day, I'm going to go to the dentist or I'm going to find another thing to do so I can skip it. You get what I'm trying to say? Because I don't want to do it. So avoidance uh, isn't an effective means of treatment. Yeah? Okay? So then what do you learn from the flashbang or uh, the goshiam room where you go in and they lit you up with the with the uh, uh, paintballs or, or you know, the simunition? Yeah. Right? What do you learn? You learn not to go in that damn room because you know when you're so what, <laughs> what's happens. happening is your yeah. cause and effect is skewed and you begin to do what scientists have referred to as gaming the game. So you have adaptive coping skills. That's what we teach. And you have gaming the game. Where do you want to be when this ends up? And, and so what do you need to add to training? Well, you can have 10 people in line on a football field and have your person with their SIM gun ready to go. And then one steps forward, one puts the thing and runs her hand through their hair, and then one lays down on the ground really quick, and one reaches and comes out with a wallet. You can do that all day long, and the flinch reflex is going to start becoming inoculated against those rapid movements because there's only one or two out of the people that come up with a weapon, and one is a guy with a bat, which is easy, and one is a guy with a gun, which is much more complicated. Brian, what consequences did I learn? Right. And are those consequences immediately adaptive as a future coping skill? And if they're not, here I'm back again. You're not training. You're just having fun. And I know well, that's poking people in the eye, but it's not meant that way. It, what skills are you transferring? Well, that is a I'm training for a faster response. And and that's what all but how of does this, that replace an error? Well, that's what I'm I, saying. I'm with you. So, I, I know, so and I a lot wanna... of what this comes down to yep. is what I see is 
you know, you're getting better and better at training for your response to something. And and that and you are, and you're really good. <laughs> but we're missing the point. And the point is you don't have to let it get to that level. Right. You know, the, the point is there's a series of events that happen before that, or there's things I can determine or influence the outcome. If I'm constantly going through, you know, it's like everyone, I it's like people I know of every different type of gadget and weapon system and this, that, and the other thing they got all at their house and this. Well, if this yeah. happens that where i'm gonna do this and if this happens i'm like so you're just gonna wander through life just reacting to whatever situation comes up okay i got one for you i got eventually you're gonna reach one that you didn't think of though you know what i mean so so here's two for you brian to get you going the one is that every single movie and book that were written about a person that was going to go to the gas chamber or be hung or anything else was at their last meal. They were going to ask for a turkey leg so they can fashion it into a weapon <laughs> and stab their way out. So if you're sitting there going, I've been in solitary for 23 years, but my way this out is, is the way out. turkey leg and it's right on the gallows. Probably not a good life insurance plan, right? Well, you had more time in there to to think of something. I think so. (laughs) So the second part of that is we encounter people sometimes that come up with good uh, rudimentary, but good uh, uh, cognitive challenges. So, for example, uh, during this scenario, you have to make a chess move, not a checkers move. You have to play this chess match and keep it going. Now, Listen, I'm not making fun of any, anybody. That's true cognitive training. Yeah. But but it's not outcomes based. And what do I mean by well, that? What I mean is if you go up against a chess champion in the next challenge, well, that's, okay, that's then you're going to have no, an no, advantage, no. right? It, it, I I so here's here's where I here's how I would explain that and yeah. and say I've seen stuff like that before and I think it could yes. be good. I think it's good if the if obviously the outcome is not what you do in the chess game. The outcome is what you do in in the training portion. But how right? if it's equally weighted? How do you? How no, do no, you no, no. Well, how, as long as how you're measuring that effectiveness, and Precisely. even then, you have to remember too the it's not how well they did at the training. It's it's how did this work out in a real life situation? I mean, exactly. that, that's the ultimate, that's what we, and, and honestly, I see a lot of great stuff where I'm like, Hey, this is good. And I love your measurement. Oh, look how well it works. It's like, no, that's how well the training works within the training scenario. Like yes, you have to, the measurement comes because it, which is, which is the most difficult part of all of this, because, and this is why I caution in general, why I said it at the beginning of going from, from, from the science in the lab to the street. Because there's a big, 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 a big chasm jump there. There's oh, yeah, a big there jump. And so it doesn't always translate some of it or at maybe maybe at a theoretical or conceptual level, it will. But but not in the way you measurement in a college course with a bunch of folks going through getting it's their PhDs, different. masters and undergrads, right, versus an actual real life situation. And you can yep. mimic that so much. Right. Yes. But, but to get it to get it close enough, uh, you can't always measure all of these different uh things that we're learning and and trying to do so so you have to because because it's not just these these micro interactions maybe greg it's like exactly and that's literally what uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is is recreating those micro but very yeah very specific context and recreating this because your fear of elevators elevators your fear of public speaking so i'm gonna go have you public speak okay well now what we're talking about is i gotta understand the situation and I'm going to simulate it, but eh, it's not going to be anything like the, it's not going to be like the one you're going to experience in life, meaning there's going to be some differences there. So if I can't get you to extrapolate and conceptualize that yep. information from this training exercise to a real event, 
that's where the leap has to go. That's where the yep. that's where the the most important part of that leap is to get it in the street because the science is great in the classroom. And I'll read the book and I'll put it right back on the fucking shelf where it belongs because, because it, does it does not does, impact axons and dendrites. It right. cannot. It cannot. So so <clears> look, you can teach someone how to categorize problems into emotion focused or problem focused. Okay. So you have these two things, right? And the idea behind both of them is so they can better treat their negative situations by giving them a skill that they can use to cope with the stresses. So you, you can you can ramp that back to the left. Mm -hmm. So it's at the trigger points. So a scent there makes sense. Yeah. A sound there makes sense. Why? Because in the behavioral therapy, meaning in a controlled setting, now you say, hey, uh, you, you use this term a lot. You say, hey, listen, uh, I knew better than going to the house because it was domestic going on at my own house. So I just went to the neighbor's house to eat. We both had that experience growing up, you know, and it, it's just how things were in Detroit and Chicago, right? So you learned that. You don't know when you learned that, but there's certain triggers that came with that memory. And this is right back to Dean's comment, right? So now I have that mental model and it's tucked away. And all of a sudden I come in and I hear a plate get dropped. And then I hear a loud voice, Brian, yeah. and I smell that something's burning on the stove. And immediately I'm transported back. Mm -hmm. And now I'm back into a negative interpretation, a negative cognitive interpretation that I have to overcome. And what did we do? We cried or we hid behind mom's skirt or we ran. So, so what we tried to do with Hoberman, everybody kissed my ass. I'm not trying to sell Hoberman. I'm just trying to talk about habits and behaviors. What we did is we swapped negative cognitive inter uh, 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 interpretations, but more, uh, uh, gosh damn consequences for positive ones. So okay. what we did is we made, uh, the lava. And if you stepped in the lava, your foot burned. I'm being metaphorical, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but listen, you don't have to step in the lava 17 times at the See. beginning of the snare to learn that. But, yeah. but now what we did is we, we did the, the, what's that guy's name? Raiders of the lost art. We went in and he stepped on the thing and it fell. Then he had to play the, yeah, the yeah, tune and the then Jones. the things came yeah, yeah. What we did is we, we put hard, but solvable situations. So we took the CBT challenges, Brian, but we put them into a real event, not for that scenario. If you're watching that scenario and going, well, I may never encounter that. That's the point. The well, point that's is the that point. you may okay. never encounter. So you're, you're, getting, you're getting to the, to the, to the yes. point of what we're getting at here too, is I, the one, the first rule of simulation is you can simulate anything, but yes. you can't simulate everything. Nope. And you don't need to. So, you don't need to and I, you shouldn't. So so right. it's it's taking the element, like you brought up a bunch of different situations, whether it's an interaction yep. with a group of people, a domestic violence situation, yep. um, whatever it is. A car accident, uh, <laughs> right. you know, somebody I can, getting I can, mouthy in the, the I can boil, uh, checkout line. I can boil those all down and find out, yes. you know, what's the core elements that are involved in all of them? What are the ingredients? And then now I can take those exactly ingredients the role of a trainer and, and set them up into a scenario. Right. And as long as those ingredients there and they, they happen in a manner, it, you know, in a somewhat logical manner as if they would in real life, it doesn't have to be yep. exact, right. It's just close yep. enough. Then my brain learns I'm, I'm, I'm actually dealing with, okay, I see what the situation is here. There's way too much salt in this right now. Okay. I see what this situation is here. There's way too much pepper here. Oh, I see this is cooked exactly. too much. So now, no matter what I'm eating, I will understand what that underlying issue is, and then I can address it. And if I put those into different simulated training events, 
then I'm doing it for real. It's like I do with the, the insert at, at home, you know, I always exactly. do scenario based training, but it's not, they don't, I, I do it. I do the Miyagi sometimes. Cause that's the only way the girls will listen to me is I have to be training them without them knowing that they're being trained. That's so and funny I, I because you're outnumbered. Well, exactly. it, it's, it's the, uh, I used to do the story one with the insurgent where we, we tell stories at night and, and then I would have her, we go back and forth. I'd start it or she'd start it. And then we take this characters and I would, but what I'm doing is a soft interrogation because I'm inputting different so characters in to elicit a response out of her because I'm trying to see what's on her mind or what's, what's important to her. So we just did this one, but as she's getting older now, it's like getting goofier or funnier. She kind of knows it. And then she came up with this one and then. A, there was this weird thing where this girl was sleeping and and she was having these crazy dreams and she went into this whole thing and then I ended the right. story because I wanted to go to bed and I go yes and it turns out the police came to the house and they got everyone out and they didn't know what it was and then the fire department showed up and they found it was just a gas leak underneath her room and I go and that's why we changed the batteries on our carbon monoxide detector every year and she busted <laughs> out laughing she's like why uh, did you end the story that way I was like because I, I went to, all the I way go, through I have exactly. to tie in a lesson here somewhere okay you know, stop yeah so, so something so simple and she's That's like you're so, funny. you're so annoying but but the point i'm trying to make is is right. interjecting those uh those spirals into it i get to one see i get to challenge you cognitively you're controlling the outcome and two make minor corrections if exactly necessary. in stride so what you're talking about there is look there's a paradigm shift because for all the thinking people in the room, and, and I, I don't mean that as an in, insult, some of you tune in just to hear Brian and I swear. Some of you tune in because <laughs> you're wondering, can I get fatter and still sit in his chair? Whatever your motivation or, for tuning in. What are Brian's right? hair products? Exactly. And what pants are you wearing today, <laughs> yeah, Brian? I know. Uh, uh, but the idea is that the bottom line of it is this inoculation training at its inception was designed to give you small doses of what you were going to face. So when you did face it, it wasn't going to be as bad. Right. And while well-meaning, okay, the real way to do something is to say, listen, you're always going to have fear. It's shitty being in a firefight. These yeah. explosions near you that ripped that person in half, and now you've got all this black shit coming out of your nose, and you're not sure if you're going to live and die, we all get that. But you can power through it, and here's how. So what you got to do is you got to challenge a person's way of thinking because yes. before it was saying inoculation is built. So we can't challenge your way of thinking. We can't change the fundamental who you are, but the idea is you have to do that. You have to change my way of thinking and reacting to certain external elements, or I'm not adaptable. And the key to resilience is adaptability. So when I go in, I'm always going to be scared. It's okay to be scared. A fucking dispatcher is going to be scared when they're sending you to a shitty call and they're not even there. Ride that wave. How do I put forth my best human performance in that situation? And real cognitive training challenges exactly that. It's not a magic pill that you bite and I'm not afraid anymore. You're always well, going to be afraid. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, cre you know, creating, creating, uh, you know, the right, the positive kind of biases, right? Because I know everyone thinks of bias is a bad word. It's absolutely so not wrong. a bad word, exactly. but, but uh, the reason why some people are really, really, really good at something is because they have, they have built up the, the expert level biases in that specific exactly. domain and allow them to think faster and move faster and see things before exactly. everyone within. And we call that an domain. expert model, right? Yeah. Okay, so, that, so whether that, it's that, in sports or thinking. That, that's what those are. And and kind of what you were talking about, too, is, is how we, we we frame those discussions and how we look at it. I mean, you know, it used to be, you know, if you ever have to, you know, 
shoot someone or kill someone. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever have to do. And it's going to fundamentally change your life. Well, yeah, now it will. Now it will be. Yeah, you just, you train me thanks to think that. that way. Killing's like, easy. People yeah. are doing it every day. <laughs> I you think, get what I'm trying I, to it's, say? It's, well, Greg, it's, it's been a trend since humans have been around. I don't think it's going okay. anywhere. There We've were actually, two guys I read about. You we, know? we do it a lot less now than we used to, actually. But, um, no, no, no. But, you're, but you're touching but you, on you that get what again. I'm saying? It, it, that yeah. gets into how you frame it and what you're talking about. If I, if, I, if I give you the option, if I tell you this is what's going to happen to you in this situation, then that's what's going to happen to you in this situation. If I tell you that you have options, I just remember literally one time i was doing a thing and i hadn't yep. slept in two days and hadn't eaten in three days or whatever it was or two days and i was like you know this guy's like well hey how are you feeling i was like i i can barely stand up like i don't i i, <laughs> right. I i'm so tired i'm so hungry and he's like yeah you haven't slept in two days and i think you ate once the other day so they should be and it just kind of hit me like Oh, okay. So I feel normal. And they're like, there you go. <laughs> right. Normal right. given the situation that I was in. But but you get what I'm saying. It, it's it's I, how, I get exactly how you that. frame it right there is 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 can 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 reduce the number of errors that I make in in reasoning. Attributions should equal error correction, meaning that your training should have positive outcomes that we trade for likely negative outcomes. And the interpretation that your brain makes can either be emotion-focused or problem-focused. So training that is only problem-focused means that, okay, uh, uh, we have to be diverse and have equity and inclusion. So when you go up, make sure that you don't use these nine words when you're talking to this next person. So now I'm front-loaded for having to do context and relevance on lexicon rather than saying, does this guy have a gun or not, or how do I de-escalate? You right. can't occupy that same room. So what do I mean? I mean, now that I walk up to the guy and I go, hey, boys, listen up. And a guy goes, boy, oh, here I am. I'm in the shit. So now what I did is I went from a problem-focused approach where I wanted to come in and de-escalate, always be considering de-escalation, and I drove home an emotion-focused answer because now I'm pissed, they're pissed, and I have to come back through everything. So how do I do that? So what I do is I get into a situation. How do we get into a pool? There's two ways. We dip my toe and go in <laughs> yeah. gradually or we jump in. So, so a problem-focused approach is we're jumping in. An emotion-focused approach is we have to understand the urge to jump in, Brian, but we have to give ourselves the gift of time and distance and control who? Us. So if we can infuse into training controlling us so you said biases are there helpful biases there is as many or more helpful biases yeah. Yeah. that we use every day than negative biases yeah so what do we want to do we want to trade them i come in and i go look at this piece of shit here that's the yep. first thing that's coming yep. out of my brain not out of my mouth but out of my brain so who do i got to fix and 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 we recently went to a a, a bunch of great people that have a what they cultivated is an outward uh, uh, mindset yeah so if you can solve you, then you can take that emotion-focused problem and regulate it and solve the problem-focused question. And that's what training needs to do. Training needs to teach me the skills, not how to reload my weapon. I get that. Not how to yeah, well, those be are, yeah. better marksman. I get sure. that. Not, not how to smell a, a well, gas leak and, and, and not you know yeah. make sure that I call the right people. But what it's doing is it's saying certain elements are going to come up during the training. And what we want you to do is solve for X by telling us which of these elements are more weighted than the other. And then the person goes, what do you mean? Well, for example, if I see a triple beam scale and I see some empty cellophane packets on the, the uh, 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 counter and I see a shrink wrapper and I also notice that the place is a rental 
You get what I'm trying to say? And the name is Kevin Smith, and there's uh, traffic 24 hours a day. Houston, if I add all those things up, I may have a you know intent to deliver situation for a drug. And you're saying, yeah, but we would all know that. No, you don't know that. Because now what we do, Brian, is we put the things outside on a folding table. And we put yeah. a piece in the garage, right. and we put a piece under the floor mat of the car. True cognitive training means if I have these external influences and stressors, can I still operate cognitively to do advanced critical thinking and, and come up with likely storylines? And that's the answer of training. No, and and to and then now to how do I induce some sort of arousal out of that to, to exactly. get it to learn faster? Because we're all about accelerated learning. There's a lot of even just the skills of the basics. I mean, yes, people need to learn how to shoot and reload and all that stuff but a lot of we that acquiesce that we well, testify that we understand that you know a lot of that is takes way longer than it should due to how it's trained but yep. I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna even go down that path you can move a lot faster yep. with adults than 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 people choose to do but you know whatever um but it, what what you were talking about is one obviously I'm creating that idea of how to sense, make, and problem solve, but I can I need a little bit of arousal in there, and you know, in meaning the the way I I kind of describe it is your brain hates being wrong more than it likes being right. I mean, Amen. we always like being right, and we like craving that dopamine. So, and that's what it's expecting, and that's what it wants. So, when it's wrong, it really does not like being wrong. So, so if it is wrong, you make a mistake, it will want to rapidly correct that mistake. But it can't be too powerful a mistake. And when that interaction was funny, and I don't want to get into too much detail, the phone we literally just got off of with that organization, and they were talking about, yep. well, if if the this because they were you know AI and data behind it and yep. interacting with an a, an avatar based thing, they said, well, actually, we found the sweet spot was just slightly negative but not too much that they didn't like it. Because if they were happy all the time and interacting, then it just became a happy thing and, and they weren't getting out of it. So this slightly negative way of doing it. And I was like, well, obviously- It's always better. That's, uh, always, uh, that's uh, how which, humans work. Which, which it's just funny how they measured it down to a decimal point on their yep. scale, which I thought was cool. But that's something we we could said right at the beginning. So, well, you're going to want to make it slightly this way. And, and what am I getting at is that that story, it has to kind of intrigue me and it has to have a potentially dangerous outcome but I need to see that there's a win and I need to see that there's a lot exactly. of that can get me to that win, that I have options. It's not this scary thing that I'm going to go through. It's, ah, look, you're going to, you're going to see this. Here's what it smells like a little bit. You know, it's, you know, you, okay, go drive the car on the track for a long time, get those tires heated up in the engine yep. hot so you can, oh, okay. I know what that smells Why? like. Because now. that sense memory yeah. is, is just like cooking. Like when you yeah, go to oh, a yeah. fancy place that's got the the piano playing in the background, I'm thinking of Bruno's uh, in, in uh, Madison Heights. Uh, anybody that knows where that is, oh my gosh! Uh, uh, when you go in there, Brian, uh, a good chef is not just picking the right meat or the right vegetables; they're picking the right cooking temperature yeah. and how long. And do they have the, the right umami for the taste the, on the yeah, tongue? The right, oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. And the right knife to cut the the yeah. sushi. There's all of these things, and that's. The situation you're facing as a copper or a first responder or any human resources or as a school teacher. So you come in and you've got all of this palette of beautiful things that you can build. What we're saying is look for the gaps in those palettes and look for the incongruent uh, signals. Uh, by the way, I'm going to add marbles uh, to your uh, omelet this morning. Those things don't fit. When you get those, those are the cues in your environment that something going sideways. And I'm going back to my DEI remark only because DEI has been around since the dawn of man. It makes you have a stronger culture and team. So embrace it early. Next, 
You have to control your emotions when you're going into the situation because your emotions will cripple you and make you limit options. And then we have to have enough problems in training that when I come to a new or novel problem, it's kind of close enough to that other one. Brian, I'm not dealing with bulldozer, but it's a semi truck. And it's, you know what? So it's close enough. All guns are close enough. Okay. Yeah, All right, explosives right. are close enough. close enough. So, I get so yeah. let's not sit there and spend our money on useless interactions with uh, inanimate objects yeah. that don't force my critical thinking. And you know what? You're talking blood flow. You know what takes blood? Your brain takes blood. Yeah. So, so the minute that you're not getting that rich oxygenated blood to your brain, you're not thinking. So what are we saying? We're saying change your entire training protocol. No, we're saying just like that cooking example, you can add a little bit of garlic or a little bit of acid or a little mm -hmm. bit of endive at some point in the process, and you can make your training so much better. Yes. So go to somebody. It doesn't have to be us, but go to somebody that does this type of training. And it, what would you say, Brian? It enhances, yeah. uh, it creates more fidelity, which creates more operations. Yeah. But what's the danger of fidelity? Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah, you you, you go. We need you go we need a little far. bit. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't, and that goes into you don't. That's cooking you don't, right back. I'm hungry. You don't need everything to, to be perfect. It doesn't have nope. to have this perfect fidelity. Whether it's the best graphics or the best, you can you know, practice all, with a folding chair. All of the add-on duty roll call. You know yep, that was yep. the, that was the military thing with like okay, we're gonna get you know signs and buildings that we're going to make it up to with all the yep. set dressing to make it look Every like license this. Plate. And then we're yep. going to get people that speak that language. And I was like, Hey, did any, any, any people in this training unit speak that language? Exactly. Well, no. Okay. So it really doesn't matter what language we could do speaking. pig Latin. You yeah. just want to simulate a language barrier. That's pretty easy yep. to do. Right. Just, you know, yep. but, but it, it, it and, and it's, it's, I don't need to look for the exact thing. It's a prototypical match. I'm gonna need Your to brain ain't. Exactly. It really doesn't so, care. So that's a that's your brain's going to fill so, in those details. It doesn't matter precisely. So a template match is exactitude. It's the exact same yeah. part that's being built on an assembly line to microscopic perfection. Your brain doesn't work in that. Your brain chunks information, which right. means that it does prototypical matches. It's where we get the concept of close enough. And all you posers out there that are using my shit and not saying it, <laughs> those things are the things that you need to understand because a prototypical match is cognitively close enough. And guess what? You spend a lot less money, Brian, so you can spend right. more money on your community. You, you spend less on the decals on your scout car and those flipping coins that you're passing out. And you can spend more on, on so, uh, triage training. Hey, you can kiss my ass. I saw so, more Today. You're so anti-coin, and that's I'm why sorry. no one gives them to you. We never get any. And then you we cry. Training. No, you, and I they, cry. They, I go, they come up and Brian, give why are you get it? Yeah, and I go, Brian, we give you, you a coin. I go because exactly. you go on our podcast and you make fun and of I everyone coin coins because so. it's stupid. Melt them down and and build something to a fallen officer or something because that coin. You know what? A long time ago, they go, hey, uh, we're with this Beltway company, and they go, hey, what do we want to give out? We're really hot on coins, and this was double digits years ago. And uh, we said, hey, you know what we want to do? We want to make a pink, my favorite color in the whole planet. It is. Uh, 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 for amputation. Uh, tourniquet. Stop. Tourniquet. Sorry. Uh, long day in my back is killing me. Uh, we want to give out a pink tourniquet. And the guy goes, why the F would you want to give out a pink tourniquet? If you look in your kit and you see that pink tourniquet, it's, you'll never, you'll remember immediately yeah, the value of the yeah. training that you just got and what's really important. 
I, I don't feel that way with the coin. I, I don't hand out tongue depressors to remember that okay, I got to say I to, uh, I to go to the dentist. I just, I know, Brian, I, I, but see, with me, why do we link emotion into training? You, you know what grinds my gears? Yeah, yeah, here <laughs> we are. The Peter with the screaming goat yesterday. But, <laughs> but emotions, Brian, are what yeah. tie us in. You know what? Yeah. There's a, a segment of our audience that listens to this just to hear me blow off on something stupid. Yeah. Uh, Sean, Sean, our, our consigliere sent me one. Uh, yesterday, I, I admonished somebody or cautioned somebody by saying, "Hey, you're you're uh, washing your colors with your whites, you know." And I was talking oh, about the about washing the coat, machine yeah. and saying, "Yeah." Oh, and and yeah, Sean that's... just he just sent me a, a, a just yeah. a, ah, and I'm like, "Hey, you know," uh, but we really mean what we're saying. Someone here. would you take can, that, yeah, that, but that's stupid. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm fix. not even gonna, I don't even respond to people who want to do dumb shit like that. Like, don't fine. spar with us because yeah. what we're trying to talk about is that whether it's an industrial accident a domestic violence situation or an ambush, you can change a negative interpretation of a situation for a positive one. And you can do, well, do that through your training that, and it will linger. It that will helps. last. But, but that, that's the, that's the point is, and that's why you boil it down to elements and you brought it up. The I do. But I was, I was fortunate enough, like the first time, you know, I ever got hit by, it was a massive yep. IED and one of my buddies yep. died and a lot of us got pretty messed up. But like, I was fortunate enough that the next day um, we actually had, the chaplain came by and put our whole team together. I was like, all right, this is what yep. happened. Like, we're going to talk about it right now. And he, yep. but he reframed it as, okay, but what, what did we do well that day? And then, so we sat there and did an AAR of everything that happened, but we talked about, well, actually we did this really well. Oh, Hey, you know, we know that medevac procedure actually, you know, it wasn't enough time to save his life. Yep. It was never going to happen. However, the process worked. Hey, what else did we do? And so exactly. we sat there, but, but that was, that was for a different purpose. And, and, and the, the idea, it's the same thing of, of any of those situations. Like, well, here's all of the elements that we have in there. What are the ones that are difficult for you to understand? Let me explain exactly. that. This is what that means. This is what it smells like. This is what it tastes like. This is what it feels like. All right. You're going to get this. Now let's go into this new area where, where, where we don't understand it. How can I apply that? Okay. And, and those, those simple ways of doing stuff. And you always call it, you know, like the, doing the, the morning roll call training, the five minutes I, I to believe over something is, is huge. And, and you added in the, the example that was like, especially the HME one or the home and explosive yeah. one. I mean, meeting with the, with the ketones, with the, getting a nail polish remover yep. on a thing. Cause there's only one place you should ever smell that. And that's, and if you're not in a nail salon, right. Or, or underneath my, the sink in, in the, in my bathroom with my wife's stuff, like then I shouldn't smell that anywhere else. But, but that's how we learn. Right. right. So, so, You've been around with me a long time. You've been before we even knew each other. Uh, we knew each other, and and we, before we were friends, we had to work together. And and before we were colleagues, uh, we had a different situations that we encountered. But all that time, you remember when I was training instructors, I would pick the senior instructor that had the best emotional memory and problem focused approach, and I would put them in front of you consistently. And what types of things did they do all the time? And well, so what does that mean? Okay. Yeah. End every sentence with your honor, right? Why? Because you reinforce things. Now, I also have to reinforce that you're always going to be scared because you're telling me <clears throat> that sitting down and training a cognitive interpretation for the real event is going to fix fear. And you can't fix fear, but you can't fix your amygdalic response to it, but you can anticipate fear. And the anticipation 
of those situations make you Sooner. smarter when and, the situation is and, happening and, because and you what, detect the elements and you're not surprised. And the shot well, that the surprise thing. is killing. Uh, a lot of that comes from the the <clears throat> fear would become from a surprise in a situation. What we're saying exactly. is if you focus on everything before that. Yes, there's going to be a little bit of fear, but it's not going to be as as much if you're figuring That's out as, as you're picking up going, going, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. I see where this is going. I better do something now. So now I'm not in that where I'm where I'm scared or some fear response. Yes, it's it's yep. going to be on board because of whatever the catastrophic situation is, but it hasn't I wasn't surprised by it. Therefore, I can operate very very well, in fact, better. For short periods of time in that in that you know in that area in that You're zone exactly of, right of, of cognitive isn't that ability. our goal yeah. Brian, isn't that our that's goal a, that's the point so so i'll throw one at you i'm reading one the other day and it, it just ticks me off my back is killing me and and uh, by the way no tour at all folks send tour at all no you can't do that through the mail uh uh i'm reading one on on uh linkedin my only social media and it's this person telling me how to be a life coach and all this other stuff. And they're 22 years old and look at me and I'm beautiful and I'm healthy and I'm wearing great clothes and I'm on a yacht. I'll, I'll be your success model. And I'm just steaming. And so I tell Shelly why I'm steaming. And she goes, yeah, but you've got a kid in, in London that you're looking at that's like 30 and you're always thumbs up in all of his gear, Adam Parr. And I said, Adam Parr almost died from a horrific injury when he was a kid. He grew up in a shithole where he had a fight for life in a broken family dynamic. Adam, I'm not going to tell your story. You tell it great. But that kid learned more, Brian, right. before he had pubes, yeah. right, than most people will do in their entire life. So I would rather put my money there. So what am I saying? You also, for training, need a high-valence role model. What? What does that mean? That yeah. means somebody that knows how to get to tap into that emotion because the emotional memory will last much longer than your problem-focused architecture. You That's why they have to put those on laminated and they call them checklists because your yeah. brain doesn't. You do, yeah, you know, doesn't that's why there's a nine line. How yeah. many times did it take you doing a yeah. nine line before it was flawless? Yeah, exactly. Right? And then, yeah. then what did the Hilo or, or the A-10 pilot tell you? No, 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 kid. Just tell me you know where you guys are. I got it from there. Yeah. Right? How many times did things like that happen? That's how we learn, Brian. So training should mimic likely real-life events and challenge me and have an emotional toll, but it can't be fear-based and it can't be surprise-based every time because those will create a negative feedback loop and your brain will just say, well, fuck, I'm not going there. And then you'll be doing the, should I stay or should I go in your car on the way to every call? Does that make sense? Right. Because, because when, when, when living or dying is, is so narrow, I want to make sure that my training is broad and deep. That's yeah. all I'm saying. No, and and I think that's kind of a good place to kind of start, you know, to to, to wrap it on. Um, you know, is is focusing on what what elements do I need to yeah. have? What don't I need to have? Is this really producing an outcome? What are my actual objectives? Even if it's something small, like I have to have some objective to if I'm going to talk about something for five minutes. Okay, what's okay? I only have five minutes. Great. What's the yep. one thing I want you to get from that? And then I can so, dance so around or whatever. One. But but that's yeah. the idea. Is is oh. what's what's the what's the what's the act absolute takeaway here so we're not wasting anyone's time an old soldier that's uh retiring this month a great copper i'll just uh i'm not going to say any more than that uh uh early in his career we're ftoing him and chantal will know who i'm talking about and uh this kid's running from a stolen and so we're right on the verge of our area coming into another area so i'm absolutely unfamiliar with the way the streets go and i tell the kid 
that's doing the running. I'm saying don't go far because I'm not sure exactly where we are yet, right? You know me, you know Map Recon, you know, but it's a foot pursuit. So this speedball that's just an amazing shape not only runs this kid down, but he tackles him. And they slide 15 feet on the pavement. Jeez. The kid that he tackled from the top of his head to the tips of his toes was one large scab. Bleeding. We had to go to the emergency room. We had to do everything, right? So the lesson for the day was even right back to Jurassic Park, even though you could. Yeah. Should you have? Because wasn't there another option like on the grass? Okay, or a less than lethal force munition or rounding him into a corner and then when he goes to ground, right? So what we're trying to teach in training is there's options. And and certain options that you take have consequences. So spending all night in the ER with a kid for receiving and concealing, right? Stolen yeah, property yeah. that's gonna be a misdemeanor, he's gonna be bounced on, well, Brian. Yeah, now he's felony at the yeah. beginning, but you know, yeah. yeah. But but you see what I'm trying to say. But how do you do that without crushing that cop's creativity? Because he did what he was trained to do. He's trained to, hey, they run, we chase them. Yeah. They, they, they get, try to get away, we catch them. You see that balance that's there? So we got to be legal, we got to be moral, we got to be ethical, but we also have to stimulate creativity. And creativity, the best, comes from advanced critical thinking. Because your creativity saying, hey, we're going to you know, light a gas pump on fire and shoot it into the stolen tower, or you know, <laughs> we're going to do something else. Yeah, those are creative, and that's what's called case law, and you yeah. go to prison. Yeah, exactly. Right? So yeah. let's give them good options. CBT gives people good options to trade for bad. Good training does the same thing right. at a cognitive level, right? Yeah, it's giving people, like you just said, good options or <clears throat> understanding that you have choices and and those a and better fo- option than you're you, using. Maybe you fo- focus on on these as are what are the decisions I'm making. Yep. It also helps me understand that I have control, some control in the situation, right? I have something. <laughs> I have. I have. I get to influence my own decision making. So therefore, I can we're influence right back, the outcome. Brian, we're right back to how CBT could help suicidal behavior. Yeah. The thinking on the therapeutic side. Why? Because if I know what what is suicide? Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary situation, but not for the person that's pulling the trigger. They think it's never going to get better, right? So a CBT option would be to show them that they can trade those uh, uh, triggers and cognitive interpretations for a positive interpretation, Brian. So isn't that a form of training? That's what we're talking about. We're trying to stimulate minds. So if you're listening to us, we're not saying we have all the answers, but we're saying that these scientific answers that are based in valid theory are where your uh, money should be going, not some gosh damn technological shit that's just going to sit in a corner and people are going to hang clothes on. No, I'm saying we are the only ones with the answers. You yeah, must you hire are us. too. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's a good there's, one. That's a better business plan. There's, actually, there's no, Can there's you erase no one that other shit? doing anything like this. No, but Brian, no, hey, no, no, but, hey I, you know why my ass is kicked? Because my assault bike fights back. It does. And so my, my, back. my, and guess what? It kicked my ass. And then I went and I lifted and I gosh damn pulled a muscle and, and I'm in pain because I'm trying to better myself. That's great. Because when I go to somebody else's basement, Brian, their, their treadmill, I, I see all their clothes from the laundry hanging on it. And I see books stacked up and that's not how you want to be folks. If you've got a job and that job could kill you, you need to get your shit together and, and learn about what's best in training. Okay. I think that's a good point to end on. So thanks everyone uh, for, for tuning in. Uh, we do appreciate it. We obviously have more on the Patreon side and uh, you can check us out at too. There's other stuff at the left of Greg podcast.com. 
Uh, please uh, tell your friends about uh, the show if you enjoyed it. Send them, send them your favorite episode, and and uh, uh, that really helps us out a lot. So we do it appreciate really everyone for for listening and those of you who are sharing. And obviously, um, reaching out with questions because that was today's uh, topic, and this entire discussion was was uh, focused on a, a question in an article someone sent us. So we like to get to that and discuss it back and forth and and, and get their reactions. Obviously, we, we do more of that on the Patreon side as well um, for those folks who want to uh, uh, help support the show. And we appreciate all of you for listening. We do thank you so much. we got a lot more coming up this year. So please stay tuned and don't forget that training changes behavior. That's all for today, folks, but if you'd like even more content, you can head over to our Patreon page. The link can be found in the episode details. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on social media, and please tell your friends about the show. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you for your support.